the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In other words, because of your connection with Jesus, you are right now something new. God has started the work now. He may finish it in the future, but right now he declares that you are a new creation. Your status has changed because of your connection to Jesus. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's broadcast with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled Alpha and Omega. That's Alpha and Omega, and you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com, along with many other broadcasts available there for you. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get underway with today's broadcast. Again, Alpha and Omega. Here's Pastor Mike. You know, the film, The Passion of the Christ, I saw it when it came out on DVD. And boy, is it horrific. Wasn't it a horrific kind of ride? And I think Mel Gibson got most of it right. A few things here or there. But one thing he got right that I really appreciate, it's my favorite part of the film, is when Jesus is collapsing under the weight of the cross. And his mother comes to him. And she's heartbroken about how on earth is he going to make it. Her baby boy being beaten to smithereens. And then Jim Kavitzel the actor so perfectly captured. I think the Holy Spirit helped him to say it. With tears and with a trembling voice, he personified Christ by saying, you don't understand, I'm making all things new. I'm making all things new. Friend, the latest in church needs to know that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God, the source of God's creative power to start over, a personal presence that brings the saving God to us, the amen, the master workman, who himself builds up the life. Our carpenter king can fix anything that is broken. I find that most people aren't struggling with what we call perfection. They're struggling with what they call survival. All right? So they're struggling with survival. Friend, the Lord can help you survive, and the Lord will finish the work to get you to his perfection. But don't be surprised if God's perfection is not what you thought it would be. You know, you may come to the end of the road and feel, Lord, I'm so unworthy. I just feel so faulty. I didn't make it in so many ways. But I love you. And the Lord will say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's humility, and you didn't even know you had it. You see, sometimes when we think we've arrived, we've not arrived. We need Jesus to lead the way. 1 Corinthians 1.22. Take your Bibles and open it. Paul says, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach what? What does he say? Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the what? The Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks. Now here's the key phrase. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. 
The wisdom of God, the power of God created the world. Christ is that wisdom. Christ is that power. You know, if you want a religious experience in the church and you don't want Jesus in it, you've got the wrong idea. Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is the amen. And that makes Jesus the center of all that is worthy of worship in our lives. I don't want to worship anything that doesn't draw me to Christ. I worship God because Christ is in the mix. In fact, Christ is the God I see. I would know God if it weren't for Christ. In the book of Revelation, when heaven worships God, you know what heaven says? You'd never guess. Amen. Let's practice again. Amen. We got a few here. Say it twice. Amen. Now, Jesus says in Revelation 3.14 that he is the amen. Now, connect the dots. If Jesus is the amen and they say amen, what are they saying when they worship? Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Because it's the same thing. It's a heavenly worship name for him. It's more than what we think it is. Now, look at Revelation 5.14. Let me prove it to you. The four living creatures said amen, and the elders fell down and what? Worship. Now, here they're saying amen before they actually worship. Amen. Look at verse 11 of Revelation 7. Verse 11 and 12. And all the angels stood around the throne, around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne, and they worshiped God. This is not static worship here. Now, I'm not into crazy worship. But notice that there's things happening here in worship. There's interaction, isn't there? Isn't there action? Now, we come forward in the beautiful worship service that we have here this morning, and we kneel. We have a chance to do that. There's elements of spontaneity, and then you're scripting, too. There's both in biblical worship. Now, look at Revelation 7, 11. All the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. Now, we don't do that in church, do we? Because you hit your head on the pew, wouldn't you? But you could if you were struck with the awesome majesty of God. And what do they say, verse 12? Saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. And then they say, Amen. Now, since Jesus is the Amen, you could substitute Amen with Jesus in these verses. Let's look at Revelation 5.14 again. And the four living creatures said, Jesus, the Amen, right? And the elders fell down and worshipped. Now, look at verse 11, Revelation 7.11. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, now it says amen there in the Greek, but Jesus, because Jesus is the amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Jesus, the amen. Friend, Jesus says, I am the amen. I am is God's name at the burning bush. I am that I am. And the amen is the master workman in Proverbs 8.30 who was the wisdom of God at the dawn of time. Friend, the last church age, our church age, needs Jesus to do his work anew in our lives. We're not going to start over by making a bunch of promises this New Year's. We're going to start over by surrendering our hearts to Christ in honesty and humility. Friend, there is no new beginning unless Jesus is the new beginning in your life and the church. There is no new beginning. You know, Christ has not put it on you to help somebody else start over. You start over yourself. And from a regenerated life, you make a difference in someone else's life. And you won't make it to the end unless Jesus is with you every day as the amen. You see, he said, I was daily his delight. Christ is daily with us. What did he say at his ascension? Lo, I am with you always, what? 
even until the end of the age. The master workman is in our life. I'd like to share a few verses with you that point to Jesus as the new beginning we all need. You can just lay on to them as promises. Christ is the alpha in our life, the one who jumpstarts the life, the one who gives us a new start, the one who gives us authority to say no to the failures of the past, to put it behind us, to realize that we are reconciled and forgiven so we can with a clear conscience and with a clean sense of belonging move into the future without being controlled by the past. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, now therefore means all I've been saying comes down to this. Therefore, If anyone is in Christ, he'll be accepted when he gets perfect. Does it say that in verse 17? What does it say in your Bible? You know, we ought to pay attention to our Bibles. What does it say? He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. In other words, because of your connection with Jesus, you are right now something new. God has started the work now. He may finish it in the future, but right now he declares that you are a new creation. Your status has changed because of your connection to Jesus. He has found the way to open heaven to sinners who are called to be saints by grace and saved to sin no more one day by the power of God. Yes, that will happen. But as you start the journey, you belong to Jesus. And so what is the appeal of God to people called to be a new creation? Saints, Paul says, be reconciled to God. You know, take the cross seriously in your life. That's what he's saying. Consider what Jesus has done for you. Consider the cost of your salvation at Calvary and treat it with the utmost priority in your life. Consider that Christ bled and suffered for you and thus allow that to reconcile you to God. God loves you in Christ. Paul says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, it doesn't say in you, in him, we might become the righteousness of God. You know, it spills over into our life. What Jesus has done affects us ethically, morally, our character, but it starts with being in Jesus. My wife texted me last night from Cambodia. Many of you know she's gone for a month, and I'm not eating well at the house. Hint, hint, I'm just kidding. I'm attending restaurants more frequently, and I miss her. I want her to get home. We ought to have a couple amens for that. I miss her in the foyer. My wife is wonderful. She was heartbroken. She just texted me last night. I was writing my sermon. I want to share it with you. She was heartbroken last night. In former Cambodia, as she saw what has come upon her, people today who act like communism is okay, they don't know recent history. And she's interacting with the brutal outcome of communism in Cambodia. I want to read to you the letter, a texted letter my wife sent me last night as I was working on this sermon. The Sabbath had just started for her in Cambodia. And she was getting ready to go to church. And she said, good morning and happy Sabbath from Siem Reap, Cambodia, exclamation mark. This is by far the most depressing place. The paganism is so intense with 4,000 plus Hindu Buddhist temples. I mean, what a way to write me on the Sabbath day. She goes on, the Khmer Rouge slaughtered 3 million in three years. They targeted all who would stand in the way of communism, middle and upper classes, business people, and the educated, including teachers. I mean, she didn't know that. She's learning it right there in motion, the history of that place. What you have right now, she writes, are just young people with no older generation to pass a legacy of business, trade skills, education, or professional example. 
You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. More with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. A reminder, we are a listener-funded ministry. We do appreciate your support. If you can help us out with a financial contribution, here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can also find us on the web at reachingyourheart.com. Here he is, Pastor Mike, once again. On the top of that, they have estimated three to four million landmines still buried throughout the country. They could be buried anywhere, in the rice paddy, in the jungle, in your backyard, in the city. The number of maimed, handicapped, orphan citizens as a result is overwhelming. Recently, they discovered that rats can be trained to sniff out landmines. I'd like to see that. They run around and stop when they sense a landmine, she writes. This is a huge step forward in the tedious and dangerous process of trying to clear the countryside of landmines. Otherwise, the only way to identify landmines is inch by inch with a metal detector. Imagine living in a place like that. She goes on, the printed sign on the hotel door, which usually talks about fire escape issues, etc., in American hotels, forbids child prostitution in this room. That tells me that human trafficking issues and child prostitution are base crimes that are dreadfully common and not limited to a certain part of the town. She then gets very pointed. She says, This country needs the gospel so badly. And she wrote the words so, S-O-O-O-O, so badly. Yet our missionaries, including a student missionary from Southern, have to operate in secrecy. It makes me cry. Dad and I will be going to an Adventist orphanage near an SDA church and school today rather than continuing the tour. She made a decision yesterday to stop the tour because God has stopped them. It's not about visiting a bunch of sites. It's now about making a difference. And she writes, I told him I want to experience church in this country. I need some good news that God's work is making an impact in this dark, dark place. And I texted her back. Here's what I said. I'm so happy you're going out there where it matters. I love you and be that light they need there this weekend. Maybe we have a new focus here. Let's see. God bless you in Jesus. I love you, Mike. I think we're going to be interacting with Cambodia as well as Panama and Haiti. And it looks that way. Now, my wife understands rightly here that we aren't put in this world for a joy trip or a tour or a worship experience that only speaks to us. That's not why we're here. I mean, God didn't assemble the church. So all of our needs can be met. And if they aren't, well, it's not for me. Friend, God established the church to save people, to save the outcast and the broken of this planet, and they're out there and they're around here too. Church is not an exercise of fun and games. Church is an exercise to save the lost. People are dying for Christ. The church is meant to save. We're put here to share the Word of God through Bible studies, through health evangelism, through personal love and caring. We are here to do that. We are to be the good Samaritan of the world because the church was established to save the world by the power of Christ. So the amen can become for someone out there the light of a new creation. So God's love in Jesus can overcome the darkness of the night. Reconciled men and women can come to God through the gospel that's given by Christians. You know, those children in Cambodia don't need to know that Christians are smart in America. They don't need to know that we have so many achievements and lifestyle that outstrips theirs. They need to know the Christ of Christianity who cares for them. They need to know that God can forgive you when you grow up in a rat hole of a world. 
And they need to know that God can pull you out of it and overcome a karma that is so bad that it says you have to stay there. They need to have the freedom of the apostolic gospel in their life. Those children in Cambodia could care less about some of the silly stuff we occupy ourselves with in Christian America. Philosopher kings and smart theologian types matter not to them. They need the gentle healer of Galilee in their life. They need the truth of the Bible lived out in lives that love them. You know, they need to know that Jesus can bring a new beginning to Cambodia for whatever future they have yet unseen. You know, when you grow up like that, it's hard to believe you have a future. I'll confess with you, I grew up pretty bad in this country. At the age of 15, I couldn't imagine having a family. I couldn't imagine surviving to the age of 20. But I know those kids in Cambodia have it far worse than I did in Appalachia. They have it far worse. And we are meant to minister to these people. That is why this church has been put here. Do you realize that? God moved us here because the Spirit of God is hovering throughout this entire area. And we are to be salt in the earth. There are people who are dying for the need of Christ, just like those in Cambodia. There's a man who has been on my heart for a long time. I met him at a pawn shop a while back. He's the owner of a couple of them. He's a good Roman Catholic man who knows how to fix watches and how to spot fake jewels with his eyeglass. He's been ill. He's had leukemia. And I've been monitoring his condition from time to time as I pop into the shop. And I asked him if he liked inspecting jewels. In fact, just the day before yesterday, he said, I love it. You know, he has that eyeglass in there. You can tell a fake zircon from the real thing. And I found something at a thrift store, and I had him look at it. He says, it's real. I felt so good. That's why you go to the thrift store, so you can do some treasure, honey, you know. I found a peroxide jewel that was cut, and I got it for next to nothing, and it's worth something. That's what you want to hear. I took a watch I bought for my wife for Christmas to have it put a battery in. Now, why did I buy a watch for my wife for Christmas at a thrift store? Would you like to know why? I'll tell you why real quickly. Because Smokey the dog had surgery this Christmas. It gutted our finances. So we all have austere Christmas presents and no Christmas tree. You can say, oh, humbug with me or however it said, you know. But it's a pretty watch. And I had him put a battery in it. So I said, how are you doing? How is the leukemia thing going? How are you progressing? And he surprised me. He said this. He says, I'm doing much better lately. And this really surprised me because it's my custom to pray with people in their place of work. He said, after you prayed the last time, I went to the doctor and my scores were really good on the blood test. They're really good. I didn't expect that. I said, wow. I said, really? Oh, yes. You're supposed to say, yes. Well, I thought so. No, I didn't think so. I mean, I prayed for him, but I didn't know what the outcome would be. He connected it with the prayer. He did. Not me. And that was his faith, not mine, acting on that prayer. I was so happy when I heard this. I couldn't believe it. Because this man matters to me. His victory is my victory. When he is healthy, I feel healthier. Because I've come to love him and care for him as a person in our community right here. We bowed our heads right there in that pawn shop and we prayed together. And we thanked the Lord Jesus for his powerful mercy in his life. Now, he asked for the address of Reaching Hearts Church after that prayer. So I'm looking for him. I'm going to go back and remind him to come on a potluck Sabbath. That's the best Sabbath to bring him. It really is. Now, I asked Jesus to keep on blessing him in that prayer and to give him full healing in his life in every single way. He's a member of my church. He hasn't been here yet, but he's a member of my congregation because God has brought him into my life. 
You see, my church is not here all together on Saturday morning. Saturday is the Sabbath day of the Bible. We gather because we know that. He doesn't. And we gather here like the early church did for 300 years to obey the word of God through faith in Christ. Sunday is not the Sabbath. Saturday is. But on the other days of the week, I visit the businesses and places of interaction. And I have people I pray for. I've come to know as my friends. Some of them in places you wouldn't want to go, but I go because I want them to come to church. And I don't shoot paintball bullets and paintball guns. What do they call those things? Those paintball rifles with these air cylinders on them? Does anybody know here? Paintball guns. Okay, I don't know if that's what they call them. I visit there. And I know the owner, his name is Al. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. And the people I meet out there are often people who belong to my church, not because they believe in what I believe, but because they believe in Christ and they're being led. And I can sense it. Therefore, they're brethren to me. God has men and women who are coming here one day. And we are to be a light. But you see, friends, we must have the righteousness of Christ for real. We must have a walk with Jesus Christ for real, or we are nothing for them. But if we have Christ, we become for them the righteousness of God, a pathway to see the Lord. And you know, friend, we don't have to be perfect to love people. You can be an imperfect, grumpy saint on occasion and still love people even by saying you're sorry. You know, I'm sorry means I love you, doesn't it? We just have to be there and to do it. We have to move beyond the Laodicean self-interest with ourselves to the Christ-centered pursuit of loving others and seeking them out for the sake of Jesus. The Laodicean church is the last church age, and it is a church age that needs the white robe of Christ's righteousness. We need Christ's righteousness. The Holy Spirit is hovering over the city, and there is a harvest for God that is coming. When we have eyes salve to see and a heart to care, the white raiment that is pure and holy will be on us and we will be instruments of God's righteousness in our world. Friend, if we claim Christ as Lord, it matters how we live for Christ. Does it not? The Bible says if we say we're in the light but we don't walk like Jesus walked, we're not in the light. It matters how we live. Self-centered Christians aren't Christians at all. And people who live for themselves will die on the last day and the glory of Christ's return. Friend, the last church age needs the amen, the beginning of the creation of God, to be the omega solution for the Laodicean condition at the end of time. Because Jesus is more than just the beginning of the creation of God. Friend, Jesus is a new beginning for the Adventist church, for the remnant church on the eve of the advent of Christ's return. He is the omega solution. You know, washed up latency in Christianity needs more than slogans. It needs Jesus. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Amen, the beginning of the creation of God. And the same Jesus who made a difference at the dawn of time, guess what? He wants to make a difference in your life. Are you struggling for a new beginning in your life? Yes or no? Your heads are going up and down. You don't have to struggle. Just surrender. Just Pray the prayer for Christ to be your Lord, for your sins to be on the altar, and for his robe to be on you. And let him do his work in you that you cannot do for you. And shine for the glory of God. Dear heart, this is the beginning of a new year. What kind of year will it be for you? What new venture will you pursue for Jesus Christ? And who will you seek out to save in his name? Will you do the works of God because you know the amen and because his grace is in you and he has reconciled you to God? Or will you try to do your own work 
that there's nothing more than rotten rags without the righteous robe that he gives as a gift. Jesus speaks to us as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. In Revelation 22, 10 to 14, we will end by turning to the scriptures to hear the voice of Jesus. And he said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoers still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense to repay everyone for what he has done. You see, what we do matters, and what we do with Jesus matters most. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Now, then he ends this section of Scripture that I'm focusing on, verse 14, blessed, happy, Blessed, happy are those who wash their robes. The King James Version will say who keep the commandments. The oldest Greek text means wash their robes, but it's so close to keep their commandments that it ended up being a little textual error. It ended up changing it that way. Both are true, but you can't keep the commandments unless your robe is washed white in the blood of the Lamb. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life that they may enter the city by the gates. And I want to end by pointing you to Jesus. Amen. The amen, the beginning of the creation of God. Thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. We are a listener-supported ministry and would love for you to partner with us as we continue to present Christ-centered, biblical truths of Scripture in practical and relevant ways. Call us right now at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Visit the website reachingyourheart.com to find out more about this ministry, Reaching Your Heart, and Pastor Michael Oxentenko. That's Reaching Your Heart yourheart.com. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can donate right there on the website, reachingyourheart.com. 888-244-HOPE. Thanks for listening. And as always, we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.